Formed in Christ is our Lenten series. We, uh, you know, on Sundays we've been doing this uh, Old, New, and You, the Authority of Scripture series, and really the scriptures, when it boils down to it, um, are one of the ways that God works in and through those is to form us more into Christ's likeness so that our lives as followers of Jesus would become more like that of Jesus Christ himself. And so we want our lives to be formed. We want to be changed. Um, there's really good imagery when the Bible talks about uh, us being the clay and God being the potter, right? He, he forms something. He makes this masterpiece in and through us. And I believe that there's parts of that that God works 100%. And there's parts of that God invites us to be uh, participating in too. And so when we're talking about being formed by the Holy Spirit, um, that's what we're talking about. God's going to do some things in our lives. God's going to enable us to do some things where he gets 100% of the credit. And I believe there's things in our lives as we grow in Christ that God's going to invite us to partner with him so that we too can use our minds and our brains and our hearts and all of these gifts that God has given us to partner with the work that he wants to do. And we can put some energy and some effort into that as well. So there's a few principles of the Holy Spirit that I think we want to be on the same page with when we have this conversation. The first is this, that the Holy Spirit is equal with God the Father and God the Son. The Holy Spirit may not be as easy for us to conceptualize as God the Father. Everybody can picture a father, an adult male, right? Everybody can picture Jesus the Son, another adult male. But when we talk about the Holy Spirit, there's something different in our minds. We, we can't bring a mental picture to our minds uh, to figure out what that is. Now, that doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit is lesser than God the Father or God the Son. So there's this word called the Trinity. The Trinity is what we use to describe God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One God revealed to us in three distinct different ways. So when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit has equal weight and equal authority to God the Father and God the Son in our lives. The second principle is this. The Holy Spirit is God's presence now in this age. So in the Old Testament, you see God speaking directly to his people. He works through angels. God also works through the Holy Spirit for specific purposes, through specific people. But in this age, God's presence on earth is through the Holy Spirit inhabiting all who believe in Jesus Christ and find in him grace and forgiveness. Jesus promised this in John 14. We heard that scripture passage just now. He said, these things I have spoken while I am still with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So the Holy Spirit is living and active in followers of Jesus, in his church. God's presence isn't up there or out there. God's presence dwells in us when we follow Jesus Christ. The third principle is this. We cannot come to faith in Jesus Christ unless the Holy Spirit does some work in us first. Um, this is one of the core pieces of the Lutheran lens that we talk about um, in Christianity and in the Lutheran church, is that we, we don't decide to follow Jesus unless Jesus has already enabled us to be able to decide to follow Jesus, right? Uh, and I know there's, there's conversations and sometimes arguments about the language, uh, but we cannot come to faith in Jesus unless the Holy Spirit has enabled us and allowed us to. 1 Corinthians 12.3 says this. Paul writes, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. 
So if you can say Jesus is my Lord and you actually mean that, that is an evidence of the Holy Spirit in your life. And nobody with the Holy Spirit in their life is going to curse God or speak against his son, Jesus Christ, right? So we can't come to faith without the Holy Spirit working in us first. And then that faith, as we live it out, is a partnership between us and the work of the Holy Spirit. And then the fourth principle, so we're on the same page as this, the Holy Spirit wants to keep working in you and through you for your whole lives. Not just when you pray a prayer, not just at your baptism, not just at the moment you decide to follow Jesus and actually try, but the Holy Spirit wants to keep working in your life every day, every moment, because there's that much love for us to experience through Jesus Christ, through our Creator, through the power of the Holy Spirit. So this isn't something where we're like, okay, I'm formed, I'm done, I don't need to work on this anymore. This is a lifelong journey, and I think the more that we embrace that and understand that, the more abundant life we will live as we continue through our life on this earth. So what does this text look like? We heard this Romans text, and I'm not going to reread it for you, but I'm going to pull out a few pieces of that text this morning. Uh, Because uh, Paul, in writing Romans here, he's talking about living according to the Holy Spirit, or living in the Holy Spirit through his Spirit. So one of the main pieces that we can take away from that is, he says that the way of the world leads to death, but the way of the Spirit leads to life. What does that mean? What is the way of the world? So if I'm going to live my life selfishly, if I'm going to live my life by my own priorities, by my own standards, by my own understanding of what is right and wrong, If I'm going to live my life that way, that's going to lead to death. And that's somewhere I don't want to go. I hope you guys don't want to go there too, right? Um, But what about the way of the Spirit? What about the way of God's will and God's purposes and God's goodness? That is the way that leads to life. So as Paul is writing this, he's encouraging people, the way of the world is something for your past. It is not something for your present or your future once you know Jesus Christ. So be led by the Spirit to life. Another piece that we pull out of our Romans text is this. Living by the Spirit means experiencing that life, not just knowing about it, but experiencing it, and putting away the sinful desires that we have with the Holy Spirit's help. So a lot of our lives, and a lot of us would admit that our lives have sin, and it's kind of cluttered with sin, and there's some things that we've been able uh, to find grace and forgiveness for and leave in the past, and there's other things that we find grace and forgiveness for that keep coming back, right? Right? We all have those thought patterns or those habits or those things that we know aren't God's best for us, yet they're still with us. Now, the Holy Spirit wants to help us there, too. And so living by the Spirit means we experience more of God's life as the Spirit helps us to put to rest those things that hinder that life, those sinful ways. Another piece from our Romans passage, living by the Spirit means that we are called children of God. Now, this is an important thing. Uh, This is important distinguishing. We all have a God-given identity and a purpose. I know at Epic, we've talked about that a lot. God created you in your mother's womb, and he has plans for you, and he loves you very much. You are unique. You are special. And that goes for everybody in this room. But not everybody is a children or child of God. Not everybody is called or known as a child of God. So Paul is writing here that living by the Spirit is how we become known as a child of God, how we become adopted into that family where God is truly our Father and the inheritance that Jesus Christ receives is one that we share in. 
So what does it mean to be a child of God, the creator, the ruler of the universe? It means that our future is secure and safe and it is built on a foundation that cannot be taken away from us. That's what it means to be a child of God. That in our presence and our future is one of hope, it's one of growth, it's one of peace and love, not one of brokenness, not one of death. Another piece, living by the Spirit means that we yield to God's work in our lives. So what's the difference between a stop sign and a yield sign? Who can tell me that? What, is, what do you do at a stop sign? How about one of you boys up here? What do you do at a stop sign? You stop. It's that simple, right? Uh, I had a friend in high school that tried to tell me that the white-bordered stop signs are optional. <laughs> right, they're all white-bordered, so it was a joke. Um, he got a sister on that. He didn't get me. So, um, so the stop sign means that you stop. It, it's not really a suggestion. It's a rule. It's a law. But what if there's a yield sign? It means that if, if somebody's coming from the other direction, uh, you're supposed to let them go first. You don't have to come to a complete stop. You're supposed to yield. You're supposed to defer. You're supposed to let, let the other traffic go. So yielding to the Holy Spirit means that we're letting the Spirit go before us and lead us. Because the Spirit knows the way to follow Jesus far better than we do ourselves. And sometimes we yield to the Spirit completely in matters of our sin and in matters of our calling and purpose and things like that. And sometimes we partner with the work of the Spirit and walk with the Spirit after we yield to the Spirit. You know, God gave us the ability to think and gave us the ability to reason and to learn and to grow. And he invites us to think about godly things to discern and test what the world tells us versus what God tells us, and to learn more about God, his love for us, and our calling as children of God. So yielding of the Spirit, yielding to the Spirit, is the direction that we want to go, and we don't know what direction the Spirit's going to go if we are not first yielding to him. <clears throat> so those are some pieces out of that Romans text, and again, I'm sorry I don't have slides that summarize that all for you. Uh, so the question for tonight is this, how can I how can you be formed by the Holy Spirit? What does that look like? There's a few big things that go along with that. First is this. We need to embrace that the Holy Spirit is real, fully God, and loves us. Um, too, much, too much of our experience in church, depending on the stream you grew up in, uh, I know for me personally, too much of my experience talked nothing about the Holy Spirit, right? And the Holy Spirit was just that tag note on the Apostles' Creed without too much explanation, right? And so um, God wants us to be aware of his moving in this world and moving in our lives. And he does that through the Holy Spirit. And so don't we want to be aware of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit's doing? we got to believe he's real and loves us and wants to be present in our lives if we're going to have the benefit of being aware of the Holy Spirit. Another way to say this is that the Holy Spirit is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. When we experience God's presence in our lives, we are experiencing freedom to be who God created us to be, rather than to be what the world wants us to be. So first, embrace the truth that the Holy Spirit is real, loves you, living in you, and wanting to lead you. And the second one is this. If you're embracing the Holy Spirit, we can learn more about the Holy Spirit, right? The scriptures are full of the Holy Spirit and all the different ways that God works and moves Old Testament and New Testament through his Spirit. 
in big ways and also in very subtle ways. And I think many of you have experienced big ways that God has moved in your life and very subtle ways that God has moved in your life over time. But it's important for us to understand the same Holy Spirit that worked mightily in the pages of God's scriptures here is the same Holy Spirit that lives in you. It's not a different one. So the full authority of God in Jesus Christ's death on the cross is the same full authority of God that wants to work on your life on a very personal and loving level. When I think about that, I get goosebumps because that's how big God is, yet that's how personal God is for each and every one of us. And then the third is this. We embrace the Holy Spirit, we learn more, and then we yield. We yield to the Holy Spirit in our lives. You can know a whole lot about the Holy Spirit and never want to follow him. You can know a whole lot about God, about Jesus, and never want to follow. But you can yield, too, and follow and experience the life that God has for you. This can be hard. It can take a whole life. It will take a whole life to figure out how to do it. But if God is good, and if he created us for a purpose and, and a calling, how better to understand what, it, what that purpose is, what that calling is, how better to embrace it than by letting the Holy Spirit lead us. God is calling you to freedom. And then God literally offers to fill you with himself and give you everything you need to experience that freedom. That's a pretty good deal. There's no better way, there's no other way to follow Jesus and to grow in Christ and be formed by Christ apart from the Holy Spirit's work in your life. That is how God has promised to work in us and through us through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. So being formed in Christ means that you are being formed by the Holy Spirit. Those two things are inseparable. And so this evening, what does that look like for you? What does that look like for you? Do you embrace that God loves you and is with you and present with you through the power of the Holy Spirit? If not, I would encourage you to be open-minded to that and to ask God to get you there. And if so, are you growing in your understanding of God and the Holy Spirit? Are you growing in your understanding of God's love for you? And the understanding of how the Holy Spirit works in your life and in the life of those around you. And, and I would say if you're learning about God the Father and God the Son, you're also learning about the Holy Spirit, right? All of scriptures, all of good theologies in that category. So, are you growing? And then the third is this. Are you yielding to his work in your lives? For Ash Wednesday, Allison talked about dying to yourself. Doesn't sound like a pretty cool path, does it? But it's only when we lay down the old us and the sin and the death and the brokenness that through Christ we then get to pick up the new life. Being formed in the Holy Spirit is like that. We live into what God created us to be, leaving the old behind. We live into the plan and the purposes that God has for our lives rather than the lies that we've been told in the past. We live into the abundant life and love of Jesus Christ rather than the cheap counterfeit life that this world offers. And we find that when the Holy Spirit forms us, we have for ourselves a firm foundation that nothing can take away. So let's pray for this reality. Let's pray that we might be formed by the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you um, for your word, and we thank you for your truth. And Lord, we thank you for being a God, once again, that reminds us that you break into our lives, 
while we are still sinners, while we are still stuck, while we are still anxious or bored or suffering or depressed or happy or peaceful, you break into our lives and you promise to be present in us through Jesus Christ. And we thank you for that, Lord. I pray that this reality would form us and shape us, that we would learn no matter where we are at, no matter how old we are, we would learn to be led by the Holy Spirit. We would learn to trust God the Holy Spirit just as much as we trust the Father and the Son. And Lord, in these things, we know um, that you can do incredible things. So help us to experience the fruit of that, Lord, the fruit of your Spirit. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.